So for me, gratitude is all about reflection because I think a lot of times in a moment I'm thankful. So you give me a gift and I say thank you and I'm happy to have it. And gratitude is when that moment is over and I'm by myself and I'm praying or I'm meditating and I'm able to just relive that feeling that I got and I'm able to just take a moment without you know the pressure of saying thank you or without the pressure of having to you know be excited about whatever has happened and to just really appreciate what the moment the gift the you know sight that I saw whatever it may be how it made me feel and how it potentially changed me. Good morning, E3. This is Pastor Mike. Uh, this is Sam Nunnally, uh, one of our teachers here. We're going to be continuing on in our series, Just Be. We've been looking at uh, the key principles of spirituality, things like what it means to be present, trusting, forgiving, you know, loving, these key parts of Christianity. And we've been looking at them both as, as the principles, but also as the practices that we can take part in in our daily lives to grow in our capacity to just be those things especially when it matters most. And I don't know about you, it's been pretty relevant to me in a season like this. Yeah, um, absolutely. And this week we're going to do something a little different. We're going to look at what it means to just be grateful. We're going to unpack uh, the role of gratitude in spirituality and the practices that help us get more grateful. But we're actually going to change our format. We wanted for this one to invite Sam up, and we're going to do it more as a back and forth kind of dialogue and model what it looks like to kind of talk about these spiritual principles, which is kind of a practice of itself. You know, yeah. If I talk about being grateful, I usually become more grateful. Absolutely. So welcome, Sam. Thanks. And we are just going to dive into it. Uh, the first question I kind of want to unpack is, how do you define gratitude? And do you consider yourself to be a grateful person? Gratitude is a little hard to define, but essentially sure. it's the... Uh... At, at the core of it, it's the ability to be thankful for what you have, to be content in the middle of that as well, and um, to exist inside of that that contentment and that thankfulness um, and begin to to move forward from there in that, that sense of attitude. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not a grateful person. <laughs> I'm sure all of you are, whoever's listening. It's a trick um, question, It's right? a trick question. Yeah. yeah, the answer is no. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm naturally uh, very driven. I'm a, uh, on the DISC scale, I'm a, I'm a DC. Um, I'm a type three on the Enneagram scale. I'm just very driven, very task-oriented. So even when uh, my response is not to celebrate the yeah. good things in life is to say, great, okay, yeah, that Mitch Mark was was met. Now we're we're moving on to the next. That's the one. next one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, that does not promote a natural cycle of of gratefulness. Um, it's something I have to work at very very hard um, mm -hmm. as a as a Christian and just as a as a human. Yeah, yeah. No, I actually really I think relate to that. Like I think I would define gratitude to some extent, kind of like I think you were getting at. It's a sense of like contentment. Yeah. And then also appreciation with just what is. So um, it's both, it's a balance, like you were saying, of being okay with what is and also being thankful for it, um, which doesn't, to answer the second question, I'm not a particularly grateful person <laughs> because much like you, I am an achiever. I'm a prophet uh, and not, not that I predict the future. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but I'm very good at seeing what's wrong with something and being able to dissect something and believe it or not, when I live in that space, I don't appreciate things very much. I'm always looking for what could be better. I'm always looking for what I could do to make something better. Uh, and that can be pretty brutal when it's applied to my life, right? Because if I'm never, if I'm always looking for what could be better in myself, uh, my wife, my marriage, uh, my job, uh, I never stop and actually reflect on 
whether I appreciate what it already is, right, or what's good about it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. The uh, the and uh, Western society kind of requires us to look to the future or kind of to see what we need to do to improve, or it requires us to look back to ruminate over what we've done to find ways to be better or to uh, create a, a better sense of life for us in the future. So, but contentedness, uh, gratefulness, yeah. thankfulness requires us to be in the present, which is not something we do naturally. No, no. And I do, I think, yeah, I think that's why we started this series with just be present is I think being present is so deeply related to all of these things. And I think gratitude more than maybe the other ones where it's, if I can't be present with what I actually have, then how could I be grateful for it? If I'm constantly thinking, how do I get more, 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 that Western temptation of more, right? How do I get that in the future? Uh, you were kind of talking about it. What's the next finish line? If I could just get to this, then I would be grateful. Well, that means you're not present and you, it's impossible to be appreciative, content, and certainly grateful for it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I define gratitude as being grateful for what I have and especially for the things that I have that I don't deserve. I think the best example of being grateful for getting something that I truly don't deserve is the overwhelming feeling I get when I ponder the fact that Jesus died for me, that he died for my sins. He died 2,000 years before I was born, knowing he was sacrificing himself for me. He died to help fill the God-shaped hole that's inside me, the hole that only God can fill. He died to bring me closer to him. And if I was the only person on the planet, he still would have died to make me whole. And this feeling, that is how I define gratitude. So Sam, how would you define the role of gratitude in the spiritual life? What does it look like? And what makes it such an important term or concept in terms of our discipleship or following Jesus? Well, it's hard to define uh, and it's, it's, it's hard to quantify what gratefulness looks like. So I generally think of it as what, what disposition, what personality, what general mood would someone have who's in a place of gratitude, someone who is appreciative of what they have, someone who understands that um, their life is 98% better than everybody else in the entire globe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and the word that comes to mind um, is just a general sense of relaxed peace. Um, where you're at peace with where you are, you're at peace with where you're going, you're at peace with what God is doing in your life, you've made peace with the mistakes of the past, um, and you understand that you are moving forward, you may be inching forward, but you can appreciate the present moment that, that, you're, that you're in. Um, I know for myself, there are plenty of times when, um, when I'm seeking uh, or when I feel like I'm out of bounds mm -hmm. of of gratitude, I'm I'm pushing. I'm I'm angry. I'm irritated. Yeah. And um, sometimes there's a reason to be irritated about something. There is a reason to be frustrated about something. But if it bleeds over into everything else that's going on in your life, then it's taking a a place of prominence that is skewed. Where obviously priorities are not where they need to be. If God is on the throne, if God is in control. If you are in a place of humility serving him, there's a sense of presentness about who you are and where you are, what you're doing, that, um, that creates a sense of peace, that wherever you are, you realize that you're, you're okay. 
Yeah. And that's the way I would describe it because I don't know what, a, a, you know, when you say, what does a grateful person look like? I mean, what does that mean? I mean, yeah. what I think yeah. is, what, what is, gratefulness promotes peace. So what, is, what does a peaceful person look like? Yeah. It's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah. No, I think that's good. Um, I, yeah, I, I really, I like the concept of peace for this, you know. I was kind of wrestling with this and thinking about, like, what does it look like and what role does it play in, in spirituality, right? And I think the idea of it being tied intimately to being peaceful is a big one for me because I think increasingly, um, as I've kind of gone on my own journey of, of growth, I've come to realize that, like, one of the most important concepts in spirituality, other than presence, is just the central belief of our faith of the giftedness of all life, right? That uh, recognizing that every single thing about us is being given by grace. Like, um, and I mean, I had a teacher ask me, did you choose to wake up this morning? Did you choose to breathe your first breath? Um, which, you know, the scripture is called the spirit of God bring, animating your life. It was given to you. That is the only reason you're here today. And I think when I start to believe <laughs> that I, I'm the one who decides whatever in the world, whether it's that I woke up this morning, what I should be owed, what I should have happened to me, um, I get into a place where I don't find much peace, right? It's usually control, I think, is the word that always comes to my mind, right? And I certainly don't think of things as being an act of grace, right? Um, when my wife says she loves me, I'm like, well, I'm owed that. Um, and I don't feel much peace when I'm in that state, I don't, and I don't appreciate it. And I start looking for, I think, and I'll, I'll pass it back to you, but I start looking for things that I don't have entirely uh, without ever actually acknowledging what I do because I don't see it as a gift anymore, right? I just assume that I'm owed it. And that's not a very peaceful place. So, yeah, I think that's a key word. No, I think you're right. And the other word that you, um, that you hinted at is uh, it's the word entitlement. We live in a society that believes so much is owed to us when very little is owed to us, if anything. Yeah, <laughs> you know the fact that that you have someone that says that they they do love you, even if it's imperfect love, even if it's not exactly what you saw in, in a Disney movie growing up, you're better off than a lot of people. And no one, you're lucky or fortunate to have that. Mm. And um, yeah, we live in a society that <clears throat> really believes that in, entitlement is um, is a part of who we are. Part of that, I think, is biological. I think that we're from at, at the core of who we are, we're never satisfied because think about it. If you're some caveman, you go out and kill your, your stuff and bring it back. But then if you don't go out, if you don't get restless and go feed your family again, everybody dies. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a primal element of us that's restless. Yeah. That's always wanting and moving. Now we've monetized that and commoditized that and turned it into capitalism and it works out most of the time. But you get, you get the idea. At the core of who we are, we're restless. Yeah. And God calls us to be... He calls us to be better than that. He calls us to be productive, but peaceful at the same time. It's a hard balance to strike, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it is what he requires of us. Yeah, and I think that I actually really like that. It kind of actually bleeds into the, the second part of that question for me, which is what, um, what is its kind of purpose or what makes it so important uh, in terms of discipleship? Because I think one of those things that I've realized is that um, you know, there is a natural restlessness in me. There is a desire to do and to produce and to go work. Um, and there's a thin line that takes place that happens where I start thinking that I do that stuff for myself 
right. which is that biological thing, right. or I'm put on this earth as a gift to do it for someone else, awesome. to, give it, to give it away. So for me, like gratitude, being a grateful person is like crucial for mission is what awesome. it is. It's if I'm not, if I don't see what I have as a gift, if I don't recognize everything, my money, uh, my life, my breath, my wife, you know, my dog, my baby, right. my job, as a gift that's been given to me that I did not earn, that there's nothing special about Mike Overstreet. He is just another bum like the rest of us who, because of the space in which he lives and the gifts that he's been given of personality or, or skills or whatever else, uh, has been given these other things as well. And if I don't see those as a gift, why would I ever give them away, right? I get into that space where it's mine. No, 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 my job is for my fulfillment, being a pastor. So I need you guys to tell me how good I am. <laughs> oh, no, no. My marriage is for my fulfillment. Right. So why would I ever take care of my wife's needs, right? Or my money is my own. I earned it. And it's like, no, you didn't. And if I can get in that mindset, one, I become grateful for those things. But two, I can give them away, right? Mm -hmm. When I see a need and I'm like, oh, this cash isn't my own, put it in play for the kingdom, right? And I definitely feel like it plays such a role in discipleship because if we don't do that, we won't. You know, I don't know if you have any thoughts no, on I, gratitude I and mission. But. No, I think you're exactly right. I, I think um, to the extent that you understand that you're simply a um, a, a vessel, a conduit, a conduit right? we, uh, of God, an agent of God's grace. God part two callback. Right. Exactly right. <laughs> um, however that looks to you, and yeah. however you how you feel that works for you, is is important, and it's important even as I, as you were talking. I was reminded of, you know, I, I have four children and. Um, uh, sounds like a lot because it is, and <laughs> uh, but what a gift they are. They are. They're. They're. They are. They. But yeah. they have to learn to be grateful too. One of the ways yeah. that we do that, rather than um, say, "God, can you be more grateful?" You know, stop whining, stop bickering, stop fighting each other. Yeah. Is I try to get them to stop and say, "All right, look around you. You have a great life. Everybody, stop and look around. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a wonderful life. You have your health. You have your spiritual life. You have people that love you. You have siblings that." that love you, although sometimes, you know, it's up in the air. Um, you're provided for, you're taken care of. You, you have what everybody else desires. Yeah. Why are you fighting? Yeah. Why are you bickering? Yeah. Why are you upset? And if everybody needs that perspective adjustment, you know, that, that uh, spiritual chiropractor move where you get adjusted. No, and yeah. um, that, that's one of the things that we do with, with the kids, uh, Amber and I do, that, that helps Oh, get adjusted. Man. No, I love that. I love that, and especially in terms of discipleship, becoming more like Christ. I think about, I love that you connected gratitude to conflict, right? Oh, man, I think about that all the time, you know, at church, uh, you know, with my friends, my coworkers, uh, the, my, the congregation. When I'm not grateful for the community, when I just assume they're going to be here, which I don't know, it's shaken up for all of us in this season that, oh, Sunday, we take it for granted. There is an opportunity where Sunday won't come next week, right? And it's so crazy because when I'm in conflicts that I've been a part of in this community, when I stop and I go, I'm grateful for this person, my entire posture in terms of whether I'm supposed to beat them or it's us <laughs> together right. changes. Right. It's no longer me versus you. It's us. It's we. It's, oh, I'm grateful for you. How can we make this work, right? right? I and, love that. And I think yeah. the... Uh, when you bouncing off that idea, when you talk about people, there, you can have a sense of gratefulness about someone and not 
particularly like them or appreciate what's yeah. happening in that yeah. moment. Yeah. Because it's like, um, was it Solzhenitsyn's um, Archipelago? Uh, you got the... No one knows what that is. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, <laughs> uh, this guy was in prison. He wrote about this one time. He, said, he basically said, thanks, thanks for the prison time. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that moment, he had the chance to learn and change into who, you know, who he was. You know, Paul talks about it. Thanks for this thorn. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. So you can find gratitude in the growth that it brings about. Yeah. Whether the experience is pleasant. And that's part yeah. of having a sense of uh, kingdom-mindedness, a sense of kind of a long play character development. You can be grateful for those things, too, even in the things that aren't necessarily pleasant that yeah. you may be going through. Yeah, and some, it's such a weird balance. You know, I think that's something that's been big in my 12-step work. Um, you know, getting to the point where I'm grateful for bottom, where I recognize that my rock bottom was an act of mercy and an act of grace because it was the only thing that moved me out of where I was at. Like everything else I had tried by my own will never worked until I collided with a bottom and then suddenly I'm moving. And what's fascinating is in the moment, it's not enjoyable. I was not grateful for it. But there is this thing that can happen where when you get present down the road, so you're in a future moment, you find yourself learning to be more and more present as you reflect backwards and you're happy with where you are in that present moment, you can't help but feel grateful for the suffering, right? For the thing that stretched me, for the thing that freed me, for the thing. And I, I, that's obviously a very hard thing to foster, but I, I like that that's part of that growth, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard to, I mean, people, no one wants to be... Uh, you know, down at the kind of the quagmire in the, the mud of life or the, yeah. the dirt of life, but that's where everything grows from. Yeah. It really yeah. is. You have to be thankful for the mud as much as you are for the, the plant that grows from it. And um, that's a good part of, of life. People make the mistake of saying a lot of times that they God throws you into the mud when that's not necessary. Sometimes life is just life. It's not yeah. God. It's not yeah. the devil. It's, it's people driving you nuts and doing yeah. bad things and just life happening, chaos happening. Yeah. And in that moment, the mature response is to say, all right, the situation is what it is. I'm not going to spend time blaming everybody for why I got here, but I am going to extract the good out of it. I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be peaceful and I'm going to be gracious in the midst of it so that God can do what he wants to do here. Yeah. I love that. I always call that the the movement from why am I suffering to how do I suffer? And it's like the quicker I can get from why to how always the better off I am because something actually might come of it. Right. So I think that's great. That's a great answer. Gratitude is an attitude or posture of thankfulness. I read a tweet the other day from author Diana Butler Bass that said, in everything give thanks does not mean for everything give thanks. It is never appropriate to give thanks for things evil, unjust, violent, inhumane. Be grateful through difficulty, not for it. And that really stuck with me and helped me reshape how I think about having an attitude of gratefulness during this really painful time. I should not and cannot be grateful for a global pandemic, for the loss of hundreds or of thousands of lives. I should not and cannot be grateful for the centuries of violence that black bodies in this country have been subjected to. And God isn't asking me to be grateful for these things. But I think God is calling me to be grateful through these circumstances in the midst of struggling with these realities. So, Sam, uh, in terms of the series, you know, I think we've we've kind of been trying to find this balance or this paradox, right? Where we want to get to the point where we can just be grateful. But to do that, we actually have to try 
to be more grateful first. Like, you have to try to be, but you also kept to be, so you can stop trying. It's a very confusing paradox, right? So we recognize that gratitude is something uh, that we want to just become, but we also recognize that it's something that we need to and can practice, right? So um, in your experience, how do you practice gratitude? How do you become more uh, grateful? And how has that practice kind of played out in your spiritual journey? How do I practice it? I practice it poorly. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I do not. I, I, do not <laughs> I do it in a scant method. So uh, this is one of the hardest things to do. And it is a discipline. It's something yeah. you have to choose to do because you don't always feel like it. Um, the first thing I would say is, um, and I want to talk about how to pray through that, but I was just reminded I have a coworker who's really good at seeing the bright side of things. Mm. And my job is, you know, I, I only did, I, we only did five out of 10, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever yeah. the metrics yeah. may be. He'll say, well, let's take a minute. Let's go out to breakfast and celebrate the five. And mm. I'm like, all right, you know, I, but he's, he's naturally bent that way. Yeah. So it's easier for some people to see the, the good side of things like that. Um, so it's good to have people like that in your life. Mm. That's what I would say. Seek those people out. Seek out grateful people. Seek out peaceful individuals who have, who are glass half full type people yeah. and engage them, learn from them. Um, see what they do and see how they live and, and begin to emulate that, you know, yeah. live up to that standard. Um, as far as uh, personal prayer life and spiritual walk, the, the two things that I, I try to do, and you guys have already talked about meditation and then you talked a little bit about praying with the Psalms, but the Psalms have... They're all over the place. You've got yeah. the, the good, the bad, and the ugly inside of the Psalms. But um, the, the thing that I try to do is I always try to start off prayer with thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank mm. you. I try to go through a list of all the areas in my life um, without asking God for anything. You know, thank you for the life I have. Thank you for the wonderful wife that I have. Thank you for the wonderful kids that I have. Thank you for the, the, the job that I have. Thank you for all the things that I have. And I list those things um, repetitively um, and monotonously yeah. until I get to the place that I understand that my life is, is good. Yeah. Because, you know, like I said earlier, 98% of the world has a worse life than we do, even in our, on, on our worst day. Yeah. Um, and so changing that mindset is part of doing that. Um, and uh, that's, that's one of the things that I do. And in the middle of that, I try to be present. Yeah, you know, I take some time to to meditate, to be still. I look around me. I, I got a roof over my head. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm getting in a car. I'm uh, I have a good relationship. I'm connected to my spouse. I, my kids um, think I'm annoying because of my dad jokes, but overall they love me and respect me. You know, I try to recognize in the present moment where I am in the quiet. Thank you, God. Uh, look yeah. look at all you've given me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And that's probably two thirds of my prayer time. Yeah. I mean, I might ask for God some, some stuff along the way, uh, but overall, it's, it's basically an, an offering of gratitude. And if I find myself in a place of gratitude, present, peaceful, then it's much easier to hear God or the Holy Spirit kind of tap you on the shoulder when he does want you to do something. But gratitude, that exercise of thankfulness and listing those things that you're thankful for, even the thorns, right? Yeah. The things that you don't want um, as an opportunity for growth. Mm. That sets the stage for you to be an agent for God in the world. Um, so that's, I, it's, it sounds very simple, but that's what I do. I just, whatever that list of things is that I'm grateful for, I outwardly pray it out loud every day until I get grateful. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't have said any of that better myself. Um, I think 
that's that's captures all of it, right? It's that's a daily thing. We do it if we don't want to. Um, we do it because we know if we do it enough, we're going to grow into this thing that we're trying to become, right? And that's just what practice is about. And I, I think early in my spiritual walk, someone gave me the practice of gratitude list. That's what it is. And again, I couldn't describe it any better. Um, I think one, one thing I'll just tack on is that they challenged me to never repeat. So I would do three to five things every morning. And they said, never repeat until the end of the month, and then you can reset. Oh, that's a great idea. And it was brutal, because oh, yeah. you're like, oh, that's not too hard. And then day five, you're like, I've already named all the big things in my life. And then suddenly you're like, I'm thankful for this chair I'm sitting in. Yes. I'm thankful for breath this morning. I'm thankful that I heard a bird tweet. I'm thankful I didn't get in a car accident. It just, it's funny, because you start big, and you, are, you always start with like, my wife, my house. My, and then it's, it shrinks you and shrinks you and shrinks you. And, it, and over time, I think it does help you see it better. That's, even a be, that's an even better practice. Talk a little bit more about, about that, because until you get down to the, I'm thankful for this chair, I'm thankful for the fact that, uh, you know, I, I can hear a bird yeah. outside. I'm thankful for the fact that I breath in my body. Talk a little bit more about that, because that's a lot more, I mean, it's fine to name the big things, the big ticket items, but it's when you get there that when you're really, really leaning into gratitude. Well, I think it's both and. I think, I think you should have three or four that you say every single day because they are your life. I, I, have, I should say thank you for my wife every single yeah. day. Thank you, you for should. my dog. <laughs> thank you for us. Thank you, wives. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I think there's also complacency that can take place where if we get into a rhythm where that's all we focus on, we can almost stop even really being grateful for them as we say we're grateful for them, right? Because it's rote. rote, right? So there's a way of searching that it forces you to do, which I think is valuable to growth, where it's constantly making you look for something else. But in that searching, I think as you get smaller and smaller and smaller, it just goes back to that, that place where we started in question two. It's the giftedness of all life. Um, it's the recognition that that book on my shelf that I have only opened once was not owed to me. I'm lucky to have it right? Uh, that the ceiling fan, that even the mosquitoes in our lives, right? Um, are things that we get to experience and the opposite of experiencing them would to not have any of it. And I think if we um, are honest, we're grateful that we're here. So all that is here comes with that. And the more that I can hone in to a molecular level of like, I'm so glad I'm here is essentially what I'm saying. The more I'm going to go out into the world and treat people treat myself, treat objects, treat the world like I'm glad that it's here, which means I'm probably going to be more peaceful, more kind, more compassionate, more loving, uh, more generous. Um, yeah. And I think that's the, the second practice that I've had to force myself to do. And it's always the gross one that we don't like talking about at church, but it's giving. Yeah. Um, I think the other way I've grown in my gratitude is making myself give. Because I think in the West, um, you know, every culture has its idol. And money is our idol in the West. And, and I remember I was coming to church for a long time and never tithing, or never giving to nonprofits because I thought my money was owed to me. And I had someone pretty roughly who was like, you realize that what that means is that you're taking and you don't want to give it to someone else, right? You want this church to feed you, but you don't want to feed the person who's not here yet. That was a little gut punch. Um, but as I've started to give, what I've actually found is like, yes, I give because the scriptures ask me to because it helps our community stay alive. It does all this. But what it really does is it helps me learn detachment with the biggest idol in my life, which is, do I have enough money? Can I get more? Am I secure? And the more that I recognize that's a gift, just put it into play for something bigger than myself, 
I've just found that the, that attachment shrink and I'm less afraid of not having money. I'm more eager to be compassionate with it, stuff like that. Absolutely. So that was just the other practice that came to my mind. Yeah, and that's very important. You're exactly right. Yeah. Money, money is so important in our society. It's what it kind of it's what makes everything work. Yeah, and to the extent that we're willing to let go of that, um, I remember uh, it was years ago um, when I developed a, a system of tithing. Mm-hmm. or giving for myself. Um, I remember one year looking back and realizing I gave 17% of my income that year. Yeah. And not realizing that I'd given that much. Yeah. But also feeling the least attached to money, the most happy about the money <laughs> I'd given, and also the most money, happy with how I'd spent my money. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got to that place where I was detached from it yeah. that I could truly see it as just simply a tool, not something yeah. that identifies me, not something that owns me, just something... That is, uh, that services the life that God has intended me to live because yeah. it's His gift to me, and then allowing me to do that for other people too. I love it's a that. huge deal. I love that. Yeah, My, I am not what I own. Right. Absolutely. That's. Wouldn't people want to be a little less afraid of feeling that way? <laughs> what a great gift. Yeah. What is gratitude? I see gratitude in two ways. I think one is that. Gratitude is this real um, deep sense of appreciation and thankfulness for the blessings and for the gifts that have been given to us, that have been bestowed upon us. But even more importantly, I see gratitude as this deep appreciation towards the giver of those gifts, of those blessings that have been bestowed upon me. I think they're both very important, but I think I need to really be focused on thankfulness to the giver more than the gift. So, Sam, as we close out this time, uh, where are you finding gratitude this season? Well, it's definitely a weird season. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting what things come to the, come to the fore. Um, for me, I, I was thinking earlier about this. I'm just very thankful for um, the friendships that I have. Mm that in the middle of a difficult time where it's not easy to get together, just how often friends reach out to me and that they're strong, deep relationships. Um, and uh, that they, they reach out and I reach out to them and that um, the logistics of, of the season that we're in don't, don't hinder that relationship. Mm. And that's, that's special. If you find friends that can do that, it's worth being yeah. thankful for that. So that's one of the things that I'm thankful for right now. No, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Mine is very much tied to being present. I think when the season started and, you know, we processed this together, I processed with you and just the disappointment of having to do church remotely, um, the, the shakeup of all this stuff and just processing through that. I don't want to say grief. That's a little exaggerating, but bum. That was bum. Disappointment. Yeah. Frustrated, very frustrated. Sure. Um, and yet in this season, I, being forced to work from home, I have spent more time with my nine month old daughter than, um, since the first two months she was born and she's at such a fun age and everything's an adventure and everything she, she starts wanting me to be a part of and it's giggles and laughs and, and it's just been such a gift, like to have that time. So to be able to go home to something that a lot of people don't have, a lot of people can't have or choose not to have. Um, which is just this little kid who adores you and wants to do everything with you. Um, it's just been a blast. And 
you know, it doesn't downplay my compassion for people who are in worse situations or suffering through this, but it's helped me get through it. And yeah, and I think, so she, that little little bundle of uh, anarchy has <laughs> definitely been my favorite part. So yeah, so E3, um, I hope you enjoyed this interview. Thank you, Sam Nunnally. Sure. Appreciate you as always. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with one more week of Just Be. And until then, we hope that you stay safe, uh, enjoy the week, and above all, be grateful. We'll see you next week.